This is the Chillinoy Podcast. Smoking doobies. Doobie brothers. I was smoking doobies with my brothers. This episode of the Chillinoy Podcast was recorded on Friday, March 8th, um, around 8.30 at night, and I am Justine. And I am Cole Preston. Um, Really quick, welcome back, Justine. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, you guys might recognize Justine's voice. I think you were on episode two of the Chillinoy Podcast. I was. Um, what yeah let's just tease that podcast because it was a good episode what what did we talk about during that podcast we talked about my business um my business is canna queens so check out um episode two of the chillinoy podcast you can also find us on instagram facebook uh we have our own website um i'll plug that later on in the show and uh, we have a YouTube channel as well, but basically we teach people how to take your cannabis and turn it into an edible infusion. And you've got the people's attention. you got to plug the website now. What's the website? All right. It's cannaqueens.com, but you know, I can't just be regular degular. So it is C-A-N-N-A-K-W-E-E-N-S.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook under the same name, Canna Queens, and on Instagram under Canna Queens Co. Yeah, so I'm very excited to announce that Chillinoy is sponsoring the latest episode of CU Comedy TV, which is brought to you by the uh, folks at Champagne Urbana Comedy. Um, Champagne Urbana Comedy and www.cucomedy.com have two new weekly web series to help keep you entertained during quarantine. Every Tuesday, new episodes of CU Comedy TV with segments, guests, and updates from comics around the Midwest are dropped on YouTube. Every Friday, they have a segment, it's a, or a show rather, it's a Q&A show called Getting the Light. Um, and I believe the first episode may have dropped today, um, and it looked like it was pretty interesting. They were asking um, local stand-up comedians you know, what, what's something that really bothers them about uh, people that, that start stand-up comedy? You know, what is like some of the cringy things um, that stand-up comedians do? I've not checked it out yet, but the episode that we sponsored um, of CU Comedy TV was hilarious. Uh, Justine and I watch it every week. Um, full disclosure, Justine and I are in a relationship. We're almost a year in <laughs> um, to a relationship. Um, I, I'm madly in love with her, and I, I feel like it would be... Um, unprofessional if I didn't make that very clear. Cole, you're um, so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, just to get back to CU Comedy TV, um, like I say, we watch it every week, and I mean, it's, it's fucking hilarious, and I'm super excited that we sponsored this episode because I was, I think I laughed harder at this episode than I have at um, the f former ones that they've released. I live for the update. Uh, we live rather for Jason Fields update. We won't spoil anything, but let's just say that it gets crazier and crazier every week. So um, if you want to check that out, if you just go to bit.ly slash chill comedy, um, once again, that's bit.ly slash C-H-I-L-L comedy. Um, you can check out the episode of CU Comedy TV um, that we sponsored. And just just really quick to give 
CU Comedy a plug. Um, again, their website is cucomedy.com. You can find them on Facebook. Uh, their name is Champagne Urbana Comedy. You can find them on Twitter at CU Comedy, and you can find them on Instagram. Um, they do an Instagram TV broadcast. Uh, that handle is once again at CU Comedy. Um, so that's pretty exciting that uh, that we're you know supporting local businesses. We're trying to do our part. So and don't get confused. We don't find it funny just because of you know the nature of our hobbies. Um, this is like. It's legitimately funny, guys. The I don't know where they come up with this stuff, but if you like dry humor, they got some of that. Um, if you like more kind of like slapstick stuff, there's a little bit of that. But these guys are hilarious. Yeah, yeah. The last the episode that we sponsored, episode four, there's even some doggies in it. So I mean, everybody loves pets, right? So as always, uh, the Chillinoy podcast will keep you informed with everything that develops um, surrounding cannabis in the news. Um, while we have a primary focus on the developments in the Illinois cannabis market, we're never going to stray away from any of the topics that our listeners suggest, even though that is a very absolute thing for us to say that we will never stray away from it. But come on, show us what you got. <laughs> yeah, within reason, folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but bring, bring, yeah, bring, bring your best shot. So um, community input, though, just seriously is critical to this operation and your feedback ultimately determines the future of this podcast to provide feedback to the podcast go to chillinois.net slash podcast that's chillinois.net slash p-o-d-c-a-s-t you're going to scroll down and click the be heard button from there you can either write us an email or you can leave us a voicemail our phone number is 312-772-6844 give us a call yeah, please do. Um, and go just to the regular website, chillinois.net. So chillinois.net uh, to learn more about cannabis in Illinois. From there, you can directly engage with the Illinois populace um, through one of our communities. We have a huge community building on Reddit. Um, if you go to r slash il trees. Um, there's also a discord, which is a lot of fun. Um, I pop on there every once in a while, not very often. Um, the community over there is everybody's really cool, really welcoming, very accepting. Um, so join the discard discord, um, subscribe to the subreddit and go to chillinoid.net slash services to find out more about where we are and what we can help you out with. Yeah, so if you go to chillinoy.net slash services, uh, there's direct links to the Reddit, Discord, um, and our FAQ, which are uh, what we consider our core services. Um, and uh, you can either directly engage with the community or get some of your questions answered. So, um, Or both. You know, The community is a great place to pitch questions. Uh, for example, in our Discord, we've got a growing channel, which uh, Justine, you and I, uh, medical cannabis patients, were um, starting on an exciting venture, we're going to be growing our own cannabis. Holla. And so I'm sure we'll be, um, you know, pitching some questions to the folks in the grow channel. We've got a lot of experienced growers uh, there and, uh, you know, new, new people too, so that you can, you know, learn from each other and, and build. Um, so really quick, it just, I'm pleased to report that another cannabis dispensary has opened in the state of Illinois. Um, Nature's Treatment of Illinois has opened a dispensary in Galesburg. Uh, they've renovated a vacant building that housed an Aldi grocery store. Um, it's on Main Street in Galesburg. 
According to WGIL Galesburg, statewide product shortages uh, were the original reason that the opening didn't happen on New Year's Day as it was originally planned. Um, but of course, uh, Nature's Treatment is opening amidst a pandemic and so they will be following strict guidelines as laid out by the state if you guys aren't familiar with the guidelines laid out by the state um, with regard to dispensaries every person must wear a face mask all patrons must stay six feet apart Um, and nature's treatment in galesburg are actually asking folks to um, enter into walnut avenue and stay in their car and check in with staff and from there they'll give you an estimated wait time um they're asking if you could wait somewhere else until they text you um, that uh, they're ready for you to enter the dispensary. Um, a Facebook post that I saw on Nature's Treatment says that the grand opening, of course, will not be normal um, as expected, but it will be very grand and very exciting. So it's nice to see the Illinois cannabis market mature, even if it's one store at a time. Yeah, for sure. And I love that because the world is so weird right now, they basically have to be like, hey, yeah, come check in to get your pot and then get the hell out of here until we tell you that it's your turn. All right. Like get lost. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Don't come back till we're ready. Yes. Um, But all that aside, we got our first voicemail and I heard that it was not a robocaller. Awesome. Can you can you pull that up and, and play it for us? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, this one isn't the robocaller. <laughs> they said it <laughs> okay. wasn't a robocaller. <laughs> you did say it was not a robocaller. What else what else did I expect? Right. So, okay, cool. Our our first voicemail was uh well, our first voicemail that wasn't a robocaller. Uh, was just somebody saying that it wasn't a robocaller. I guess that's what I get uh, for saying in the Discord that all we've gotten in our voicemail is robocallers. So <laughs> thanks to whoever did that. That's I, I appreciate it. What a true friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but we also have another voicemail, like a legitimate voicemail. So let's listen to that one. Okay, cue it up. All right. Hey guys, what's up? This is uh, Karen McKenzie, um, 24, uh, recent medical user. Uh, love what you guys are doing. Definitely love the uh, different perspective and insight into the cannabis community and all things uh, legalization in Illinois. Got a few questions um, and some good topics, I think, that would uh, spark conversation. But the first one is actually due to our recent uh, puppy adoption uh, and pets. Um, being involved with CBD and cannabis and things like that. Um, just want to know, you know, how, what you guys think about uh, pets and cannabis and uh, CBD and things like that. How can we keep them safe? Um, what do you guys think about giving your pets things like CBD or uh, any types of products that might help them with anxiety, things like that? Um, and how can we kind of make sure that we separate um, the things that are bad for our pets from things that might be able to help them? Um, let me know. And uh, if you guys want some input from, from me, let me know as well. See you. Nice. That's uh, That was a multifaceted and, and great question, if I might say so myself. Um, it, it really was and very relatable because as uh, some of you on the Discord know, we also decided to get a brand new animal in the house um, while we were stuck yeah. at home, which he's... Yeah, it's That's a good a place to fun. put our energy, we figured. Yeah. <laughs> um, a new so, kitty and new plants. Yeah, yeah. 
all new things. But today we are going to be talking about um, pets and cannabis, which I'm sure you could probably put that together. Um, but this is going to be honestly totally focused on those of us who are basic bitches about our pets and just have dogs or cats. Um, because the exotic pets, like the birds, the lizards, that kind of stuff, they are cool as hell, but I have never owned one. Um, and I couldn't really find a ton of research out there about how cannabis could be beneficial for them. Um, I would say at the very most, if you've got like a lizard that is an herbivore, you could give them the fan leaves, um, not those beautiful, pretty crystally ones that come on your buds, but the actual fan leaves. And that has been shown um, to have some good nutritional benefit. Yeah. So the idea is that the fan leaves, well, they're First of all, the fan leaves are universally known to symbolize marijuana. So if you wonder what we're talking about uh, with cannabis anatomy, that the fan leaves are what, what you traditionally think of as the symbol of marijuana, that, that pot leaf, so to say. Um, and of course, those leaves are um, low in THC. Uh, so that's the idea behind the, uh, you know, it might be okay, um, you know. To feed, to feed herbivores this, just like it might be okay to feed them any other other, other leaf. Um, so as far as pets and cannabis, though, we're going to cover everything from the beneficial to the scary so that you can make sure that you have, uh, so that you can make sure that you make educated decisions on how to live in harmony with your furry buddy and Beezabub's bok choy. Right. So let's start with the scary stuff. This is the stuff that um, people don't really want to talk about. But it's the first thing that your veterinarian is going to think about um, if you have if you mention anything about marijuana, weed and pets. Um, so let's talk about when your pet gets into your stash, because that is not only scary for you, because now you have to tell this veterinarian that you just leave your weed laying around like some heathen. Um, and guess what? They ate some of your stash. So that's like money down the drain or I guess down your pet's throat. Um, and that is a huge bummer. So now we're going to channel America's sweetheart, Mrs. Bobby Brown, Whitney Houston. And we're going to ask ourselves, how will I know? But obviously because it's us, we're going to start with cats. Um, so if you suspect that your cat got into your stash, how you're going to know, according to um, research done by, I'm going to butcher this, Acta Veterinaria Scandinavica, so a Scandinavian veterinary research team, um, I am reading a direct quote from them. The clinical signs of intoxication with Delta 9 THC in cats differ from those in humans and include disorders of consciousness. So they're going to be kind of in and out of consciousness, um, possibly leading to a coma, convulsions, ataxia, which is um, kind of what you think of when you see somebody who is really drunk, how they're slurring their speech and kind of stumbling around. Um, it can also give depression or agitation, anxiety, vocalization, hypersalivation, so their mouth is going to water, um, diarrhea, vomiting, 
bradycardia or tachycardia, which is either abnormally slow or abnormally high heart rate, um, hypothermia, and mydriasis, uh, which is just a fancy word for dilation of the pupil. And since I work in optometry, I had to throw that one at you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't imagine feeling those feelings, especially when you don't plan to get high. That's the thing. I mean, the, the pet probably stumbled across, you know, whatever, whatever in this hypothetical scenario that we're talking about. And, um, you know, I've known people that claim that their pets love to get high, but, uh, and that they'll come, they'll even come up to you to get a hit while you're smoking. And while this may be true, and again, I know folks that have said this, um, cannabis affects each individual differently and each individual pet differently. Um, so I really, I don't think it's, I don't think you should joke about getting your pets stoned. Let's just say that it's serious business. Right. Cause on top of all of those complications that I mentioned, um, you also have to think about compounding issues. So Think about if your dog gets into your edibles. Dogs have a lot of food intolerances, um, especially to the type of foods that humans eat. For example, think about your pot brownies. I mean, we love pot brownies here, but if your dog got into them, you have to not only be concerned about that toxicity from the high, high levels of marijuana. I mean, at least if we're making them, it's going to be pretty high levels, but um, you also have to worry about the fact that dogs can't have chocolate. That is very toxic to them. Um, then there's the different butters, oils, fats that are in foods that are, you know, dogs' stomachs don't break them down as well as a human's do. Um, and again, with edibles, they're very um, potent typically. And I mean, they're way more potent than like a joint or, and if your dog eats your actual bud, it's a whole other story, but um, according to VCA Animal Hospital, um, fatalities from cannabis ingestion in pets are rare, but if it's going to happen, it's probably going to be from an edible that has a very strong concentration of THC. Um, they pretty much credit the creation of medical grade marijuana for the reason that any pets have fatalities when they ingest um, cannabis. Yeah, and I feel like this goes without saying, but honesty is going to be key if your pet ingests cannabis and you have to go to the, the vet. Um, so a diagnosis is going to be made much more quickly and they're, they're going to be able to um, apply appropriate treatment um, when you're just open about it. Because at the end of the day, if you're kind of vague about it, sure, they could, they could try to piece the you know, puzzle together. But at the end of the day, if you just give them the full picture, they can give your pet the treatment that they need as soon as they need it rather than, you know, chancing that. So, um, I guess another way of putting it is the more honest an owner is about possible ingestion of marijuana, the less diagnostic, the less diagnostic testing will, uh, need to be, need to be run to rule out a neurological or metabolic cause. And again, treatment can start more quickly. Yeah, time is definitely of the essence. Um, especially, I mean, we know with edibles, it takes quite a while for that to absorb and to metabolize. And then once you're in it, like you are on that ride for a while. Um, so 
here, here's what your pet's visit is going to look like. If they do get into your cannabis, you take them to the vet, you're honest about it. Um, so what's going to happen from there? So you're going to have to look that little guy in the eye while you explain to someone that you dodge as often as possible, which, you know, if you're a pet owner, you're not going to the vet every single month for nothing. Um, but so you, you have to tell that vet that they got into some primo medical and you're so the next step after that is that the vet's going to start inducing vomiting right away. But what do a lot of people use cannabis for? It's an antiemetic, which means that it stops vomiting. So your vet's pretty much uh, pumping the unpumpable stomach, which means that they got to turn around and go in the other end, which is not fun for anybody. Um, and the whole time, you know, your pet is freaking out. They don't understand what's going on and what is happening. How did this happen to them? Um, and then if, if they do the stomach pumping, they do the enema and your pet is still under that toxicity. The next thing that they have to do is the same thing that your buddies did to you the first time you had too much, which is just to love you through it. Um, but a pet's version of being loved through it is going to involve um, intravenous drugs. It's going to involve anti-anxiety medications. It's going to involve uh, monitoring their hydration and oxygen levels. Um, all of that until their body has completely metabolized all that THC and they're no longer feeling the effects. Yeah, so with that, I'd say that primarily THC based products are not going to be great at all for your pet. Would you, would you agree with that? You just Absolutely. don't want THC in the mix. Um, just really quick though. I think the ultimate solution to this problem um, is to store your cannabis in compliance of the law, um, which means odor proof. Of course, that's not, that might keep your dog or your cat away from it. If they, if it's odor proof and they can't smell it, um, but child proof and uh, sealed. So obviously if the container's childproof, it's it's probably going to be pet proof. They don't have thumbs and sealed. Um, that'll just go a long way towards, you know, uh, cats like to smack things off of surfaces as we know. And uh, let's say that a cat smacks a container that's not sealed off a surface. Well, there's the, the flowers all over the floor. So um, Justine, this is kind of going down a dark path that I don't think, and I don't think this is what our listeners listeners were hoping to hear. They weren't really wanting to hear a horror story about everything that could go wrong. They were, I mean, it's good to hear that, right? But they were really wanting to hear um, how to effectively and responsibly incorporate cannabis into their pet's life so that it, you know, they could gain benefit from it. So tell us, tell us about how they can do that. All right. So all scary stuff aside, um, cannabis can be really good for you and it can be good for your furry friends too. Um, so we just recommend sticking to CBD products, um, especially, I mean, CBD, you can get the whole family on board um, with that. So as we know, it's non-psychoactives, which means that as far as your puppy's little barely sentient brain, it's not going to overload them. Um, and same as it does in humans, CBD can help a ease pain and anxiety in dogs. Um, it can treat seizures. It can help cancer. Um, but we always have to say, if you are thinking about starting a regimen with your pet, consult with your veterinarian. I've worked with vets before. 
they're kind of strange people, but they are pretty chill, um, especially in today's day and age in the state of Illinois. We got recreational, legalized, medical has been around for a while, and CBD is kind of like the hot new trend on the marketplace as far as holistic drugs go. Yeah, and it's the biggest thing is that that it doesn't have a lot of stigma to it. Honestly, it's got a lot of positivity tied to it. Your vet won't drop you as a client for mentioning it. Plus, there's manufacturers out there that make CBD that is meant specifically for pet use. However, we wouldn't really be doing our due diligence if if I didn't remind you that CBD products are not currently regulated by the FDA and honestly are quite under-researched as a whole. Yeah, so the reason that we say to use CBD um, that is specifically designed for pet use is because of the fact that there is little, if any, research to show positive effects of THC on pets. Um, We all know that when it comes to cannabis, it's kind of the Wild West out there as far as research goes. Um, So we kind of live by the belief that we will take risks on our bodies, but not our pets. So yes, CBD, it can be beneficial for both dogs and cats. But of course, our question was regarding dogs. So let's speak about using CBD oils to treat dogs from here on out. So let's say that you were given some pet friendly CBD oil as a gift or a giveaway or something, and you give it to your dog. But what are we looking to see an improvement in, Justine? Well, if your dog has arthritis, then they can benefit from the anti-inflammatory benefits. Um, So according to PetMD.com, CBD shares the same metabolic pathways as NSAIDs or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Um, So it'll work like an ibuprofen version 2.0. Um, When given twice daily to dogs, they have shown to have a significant decrease in pain levels due to arthritis, which is great um, because studies show that about 60% of dogs will develop arthritis in their lifetime. So for every 10 of you listening that have dogs, six of those puppies are going to be in some pain later in life. I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do about it, but CBD is here for you. Um, So... You know, think of it this way. The CBD can also be used to relieve back pain in dogs. And if you didn't realize that your dog's back also hurts like yours does at the end of the day, here's your eye opener. Um, Now, we said earlier that not don't use THC on dogs at all because there hasn't been enough research done with which is all again, according to PetMD.com. Um, But they do also turn around and say that a combination of microdoses of THC and CBD is going to be the most beneficial um, specifically for that back pain. And I think Cole and I are pretty familiar with that combination um, and can agree that it works really well for humans. I mean, I keep a two to one CBD to THC ratio tablet on me at all times um, to help with my degenerative disc. So another condition that we can treat with CBD oil is seizures. So if you've ever experienced a pet having a seizure, you know that that can be a really scary thing, both for you and for the pet. Um, I had adopted an older cat and 
he was going through some health issues and I happened to find him under my couch in the midst of a seizure and I did not let him out of my sight for days afterwards. I was so scared. Like I would even make my mom come over to watch him while I took a shower because I was just so scared after that seizure. It really freaked me out. Um, I might be a little bit of a paranoid pet mom. So Cole, you're welcome. (laughs) But anyway, um, CBD has been shown to help idiopathic epilepsy in dogs by reducing the frequency and duration of seizures. Um, And you know, funny thing about that word idiopathic, a doctor that I used to work for told me that idiopathic means the idiot doctors couldn't come up with the path of the cause. So we just called it idiopathic. Uh, Those are not my words. So you can take that up with Dr. John Brothers if you have an issue with it. I just thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So studies done on using CBD to treat epilepsy in dogs show a greater success rate when also given uh, traditional seizure, seizure medication in conjunction with that CBD oil. It's pretty amazing how CBD can stop seizures in their tracks when given to dogs as well as humans. And Justine, we actually watched a video the other night that is remarkable. A dog is having a seizure, the guy's, you know, he's watching his dog. He says, here, you know, here's his seizures. This is kind of what happens, but here's this CBD spray I'm, I'm going to use. And we'll post this on our blog with the release of our podcast. So if you go to chillinois.net slash blog, that's chillinois.net slash blog, and go to the post for today's podcast, which again was recorded on 5-8-2020, uh, you will see this video that I'm referring to. It's It's remarkable. This dog is having a seizure. The guy sprays the CBD in his mouth, just a spray or two. I honestly think it was a spray. And within 10 10 to 20 seconds, maybe 30, the dog's shakes literally go away. It's remarkable. Um, If it was a human, you might be able to accuse them of acting, but it's a dog. (laughs) It's remarkable. And so, like I say, check this video out. It's going to be on our blog. Um, And it just shows you how helpful CBD can be and stopping a seizure right in its tracks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, it's scary stuff for sure. Um, Almost as scary as cancer, which is another treatable um, thing with CBD. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that CBD is going to cure your dog's cancer by any means. Um, But it is important to note that CBD can have a place in your dog's cancer treatment regimen. Um, you know, nobody likes to talk about cancer just in general because it is it can be very sad and especially in dogs. But what we want to do is we want to keep them as comfortable as possible. So using the CBD oil to help with that nausea that is induced by those chemotherapy drugs is going to help a lot to keep them in good spirits. Um, And you may be noticing a trend by this point, which is that if we treat humans for it, we can treat dogs for it too. So that's pretty cool. Um, And the reason that that works that way is because we have very similar endocannabinoid systems. Um, So our CB1 and CB2 receptors that are in our brain are very welcoming to um, CBD and THC. Although I do need to mention that 
I know CBD does not um, bind to the CB1 and CB2 receptors completely on its own. It does need something else to bind to, to bind to those receptors. We understand that. Um, But it doesn't matter because your body loves it. But microdose, 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 especially to start out with, um, you know, even if if you weigh 150 pounds and your dog weighs 150 pounds, don't go balls to the wall and give your dog as much CBD as you would take yourself. Really, you should start low and slow always and ramp it up um, because you don't want to you don't want to give them headaches. You don't want to make them feel weird by taking the CBD. This is something that needs to, um, you need to give it time for them to get acclimated to the feeling. Yeah. I like that saying low and slow. And the idea of low and slow is that you can always eat more, you know, you can always feed them or administer more CBD, uh, but it's, it's very tough to, um, you know, take away an administration like, uh, or a dose rather, like you say, um, cannabis being, it, was it an anti-emetic or, uh, doesn't allow you to throw, yeah. yeah, it doesn't allow you to throw up. So, you know, um, if you've overdosed your, uh, pet on CBD or THC, um, that can be hard, that can be a hard thing to undo. This brings us to our final condition, which is anxiety. Um, I'm going to be honest, I don't exactly agree with some of what I read online about treating dogs for anxiety with CBD. So I'm just going to lay out some of the things that I read that I believe, and I'll show you why I don't agree with other information. Um, So what I believe is that studies have shown that your dog's CB1 receptors can build up a tolerance to anti-anxiety medications such as Prozac. Um, I believe this because I have had a pet that was on Prozac and it was something that gradually had to build up in their system to be effective um, and the dosage would need to be increased over time according to my veterinarian. Uh, Those same CB1 receptors cannot build up a tolerance to CBD because it is naturally occurring cannabinoid in your body. So basically your endocannabinoid system loves that shit. (laughs) Studies have also shown that by decreasing your pet's pain level, you can bring them to a lowered level of anxiety. I believe that because if you've dealt with people in a large amount of pain or pets that have a very painful area on their bodies, there's no rationalization to them. Um, They're irritated, they're angry when they're in pain, and they don't want your shit. So once those pain meds kick in, they're dealing with a whole other person or pet. Um, Cole, didn't one of your coworkers refer to his pain meds as happy pills? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we're not about giving opioids cute little nicknames like that. Um, That's way too misleading for how harmful they can be. So um, what I read, though, that I don't entirely believe is that because there is no psychoactive effects in CBD, your your pet is basically not having um, the calming of their mind the way that Prozac is. So why don't I entirely believe this? Um... I entirely agree that CBD has no psychoactive effects. 
Um, so maybe it's just my former dispensary worker mindset that tells me that a real true CBD oil will not be completely 100% devoid of THC. Um, and therefore there actually will be some psychoactive stimulation, but that's just an idea from some girl who could somehow find the hours to study cannabis, but not any subjects that would have granted me a college degree. So I'm no biologist. It's just a hypothesis. Um, if we are working with a pure CBD oil, though, then I do agree that it's not going to um, work exactly the same way in the mind as Prozac. Yeah. So is CBD, I mean, let me just ask it straight out. Is it 100% safe for dogs or are there adverse effects? Well, it's pretty gosh darn safe for your pup, but everything comes with a caveat of precaution. Um, the use of CBD oils in dogs has been shown to cause high levels of alkaline phosphatase on their blood work, um, which is basically a, a liver value or a value that represents a concentration in the liver that your vet is monitoring every time they do your pet's blood work. Um, but it is unsure if the CBD actually increases those levels or if it just interferes with how the test is run. Um, a lot of those types of tests, they depend on putting um, one solution into this a blood sample or whatever you've got um, and gauging the chemical reaction there to get that type of number. So that's how CBD could interfere um, somewhere in there. And there's also always a risk of drug interactions with other medications that your pet might be on. Um, so as we've said before, consult your veterinarian before you give your pet any CBD. Um, I'm not sure if it is, quote, illegal or just some veterinary code of conduct, but as of 2017, um, which I know that's been a little while ago, but that's one of the more recent articles that I was able to find, um, vets are forbidden to sell, distribute, or prescribe CBD for pet use. So don't expect to walk out of your veterinarian's office with a bottle of CBD oil in your hand. Um, you may end up being encouraged to go to a dispensary um, to see what they've got to offer for pets. And as far as dosage, typically what is recommended is one to two milligrams of CBD per pound of body weight twice daily for dogs, um, which is typically given orally. So... There's some information on using cannabis with your pets. Do with it what you will, but I hope that we covered everything uh, that our friend that left us a voicemail was curious about. Um, of course, if you have anything else that you'd like to know concerning cannabis pets, cannabis you know, in general, or our interpretation of the laws on um, legalization, uh, you can go to chillinois.net, and we've got basically all of that there. Um, so really quick I, I just want to reiterate how this conversation started we got a voicemail and so you can send us a voicemail or give us a call um you, all you have to do is go to chillinois.net slash podcast that's ch illinois.net slash p-o-d-c-a-s-t 
Uh, you just scroll down and click the Be Heard button. From there, you can write us an email or you can leave us a voicemail. I'll save you a click. Our phone number is 312-772-6844. Yeah, and I love it when y'all challenge us to learn something new or dive deeper into something we thought we already knew. Um, also, I do want to mention we tried really hard to consult with veterinary professionals on this, um, but I think it's springtime. It must be puppy season or something. Um, and I didn't end up hearing back, which was kind of sad, but that is what the internet is for. There is endless amounts of research out there. Um, just takes a little bit of time and you can find all the information that you need. Yeah. And this conversation is by no means over the one, one of the main points you made is that a lot of research is yet to be done. So this is a topic we'll return to in the future and we will try to have industry professionals on air. Uh, so that we can answer some of your questions. And, and those industry professionals that we reached out to, yeah, they were busy, um, but it's not like when we get their response uh, that we're just going to ignore it. Well, like I said, we'll bring it up in the podcast, and uh, this is not a topic that's going away by any means. Um, pets are very much involved in our life, and now that cannabis is legal, so is it. Um, just a quick note, um, Justine, will probably have uh, some of the sources that you used listed in our blog post with the release of our podcast. So if uh, some of you guys want to see the research that we did, uh, we'll have just a, you know, a couple of the links that uh, we consulted um, to come up with some of this information. So um, yeah, if you're interested in doing some of your own research, just check out our blog post for this podcast and we will cite our sources. Yeah, so, and if, if you want to kill two birds with one stone and you're just over there checking out that totally awesome Can of Queens website, uh, there's going to be a blog post going up on there as well um, that is going to mirror the Chillinois blog post and have all the same sources and everything since we're now working together in harmony. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you everybody for listening today. Uh, or tonight rather, or whenever the hell you're listening to this right now, it's 9 20 PM. Um, so I just want to, to encourage you guys to go again, to go to our website, chillinois.net. You can learn a lot about cannabis. You can learn about the history of cannabis in Illinois. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in a future episode. Uh, you can also directly engage with the Illinois populace through one of our communities from our website. Um, we've got a vibrant community on Reddit, as Justine mentioned, and we've got an awesome Discord. So to join our Discord, our subreddit, or to view our FAQ, go to chillinoynet slash services. <laughs> Sorry about that whistle there. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's chillinoynet slash services. That's chillinoynet slash services. And Justine, what do you say we spark some up to close out this show, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. And uh, while you guys are sparking up, don't forget to check out that Can of Queens website. C-A- yeah, what is that website? Sorry. <laughs> it's www.canna, so canna, just like our friend canna I-L over here, uh, queens, K-W-E-E-N-S.com, cannaqueens.com. All right, let's spark it up. Hell yeah. I just got to plug your video again, though. I loved it. Uh, you guys, before all this stu stuff happened, the, by stuff, I mean coronavirus, you released a video showing, uh, I mean, anybody that wants to watch, um, how to make cannabis-infused gummies. That's 
that's freaking awesome. Tell us about that. Where, where'd you get that? Like, where'd you get the inspiration for, for that recipe? Um, well, the inspiration was that, um, I mean, we like gummies. I know that you are all about fruit snacks. So am I. So, um, we were just kind of interested in seeing what we could do. It seemed like a fun challenge. So we went for it and we filmed it and, uh, it turned out pretty interesting. Um, so at the very least, come for the recipes, come for the cannabis, come for the Queens because we are Queens. Go watch that video. We're beautiful. You're going to love it. Yeah. And, um, as you know, since we live together, I've been using, I, I use that video to make my own gummies. Um, cause I've got a pot brain and I can't remember recipes as you know. Um, <laughs> but for the listeners, I can't remember, um, my middle name. He's so, got, uh, he's got a condition we call CRS, which is can't remember shit. Yeah. That's, that's one of the conditions for sure. Um, so yeah, check out their their YouTube channel. Is that just uh, Can of Queens on YouTube as well? Yeah, you can just search Can of Queens, um, or if you're on the website, we have it linked um, on our website in several places. Nice, nice. So um, I want to reiterate that we sponsored the latest episode of CU Comedy TV. You can watch it at bit.ly slash chillcomedy. Um, check out Champagne Urbana Comedy at cucomedy.com on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, they're actually selling shirts right now. I'm going to go pick. We're going to be doing a contactless drop-off. I'm going to be getting a CU Comedy shirt. Um, and I also plan to be giving – the the trade is – so they're they're giving me the shirt, right, um, as, as part of the promotion. I'm going to hand them uh, a joint because you know why not it's 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 legal now so and we'll like we'll talk about that in the future but gifting cannabis is legal there's there's a few um conditions in which um make it legal um but gifting cannabis is legal so just really quick again we'll talk about this in the future more in depth but of course the person you're giving cannabis to has to be 21 years or older um the cannabis that you're giving the person cannot exceed their legal possession limit and this is a big one. Um, as Justine mentioned, she she comes from a, she used to work in a dispensary. Um, believe it or not, that's how I met her. She sold me um, medical cannabis, and um, we got closer. <laughs> so, um, where was I going with that? Um, where was I going with that? I don't Son know. of a bitch! <laughs> Son of a bitch! I'm sorry. What was I saying? I don't even remember. See, this is the spark up to close out that you don't even remember what I was saying? No. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, gifting cannabis. Yeah. Okay. And you come from a dispensary. Yes. Right? I do. You cannot give away your medical cannabis. No. So any any cannabis that you buy as a medical patient or any cannabis that you cultivate as a medical patient, that is, n- you cannot gift that. That is... um. First of all, there's a legal term for that. What's that term called? Deferral. And um, not only that, but the, the idea behind medical cannabis is that you're allotted a quantity. Most people are allotted two, two, sorry, most people are allotted two and a half ounces. Every 14 um, days. Every 14 days, correct. 
And so if you are to purchase your allotment um, and give it away, well, first of all, again, it's, it, there's a legal term for that. It's called deferral. But second of all, it's it's kind of, I would go so far to say is it's like morally wrong because there's a provision written into the bill um, for medical cannabis patients, which basically says that they're going to keep stock back for, uh, it's it's called, what's it called? Um, it's the idea that they will always have, they did some disparity study, I guess, uh, maybe six months leading up to legalization to see what, what was on the shelves and what wasn't. And basically the guarantee is that there will be adequate supply. Similar, yes, adequate supply. Thank you. Those were the two words I was looking for. Adequate supply. And so you're, it's kind of a slap in the face to other medical patients if you're taking what was your adequate, adequate supply and you're giving it away. I mean, at that point, you're almost stealing, I, I, not literally, of course, but you're almost stealing from other people. You know what I mean? It's just, it's dishonest and it's illegal, so don't do it. Plus, <laughs> if you're playing the medical system specifically with the idea that you will purchase on the cheap and sell it to your friends, don't ruin this for the rest of us. Come on. I, I'm getting so high that I, I don't know what I was about to say. Yeah, this let's is, finish this. is some good weed we're smoking. Let's, yeah, let's let's close this up. All right, so thank you guys for listening. This was the Chillinoy Podcast. Bye.